exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Good evening. Welcome to another wonderful edition of the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, the Impact East Lansing's only alternative, MSU Student Radio. My name is Brad Brooks, and I want to welcome you to the Impact Movie Chat. It's uh, your forum of talk radio for the next hour where we're talking about movies, previewing, reviewing things in the theaters, talking about what's new in the video stores, everything movies. If you have questions, concerns, comments, if you've seen something recently in the theaters and you want to talk about it, give us a call. Phone lines are always open at 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. Let me introduce my wonderful all-male panel. We have Alex Dowd in the house. Alex, how you doing? Good, Red. Good. It's good to have you on. The Reverend. My right hand, the Reverend. Here, yes. how you doing, Reverend? Uh, delicious. As always, you are tasty. And Andy Keist, the Keister. How you I, doing, Andy? I am stupendous, Brad. Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, it's, once again, it's an all-male show. So, ladies, we implore you, call us. Let us know how you feel about movies. We have enough male opinions on the show. We need the ladies to call in. We're calling out for the ladies, right, Phil? Yes. Right, Reverend? Absolutely. All right. And that phone number again, Reverend. Uh, four three two three eighty nine three. Yes, exactly. Give us a call all night long, or until eight o'clock, whichever comes first when we have to get off the air. Okay, <laughs> um, let's open up with what we've been doing lately: the Reverend's news. Yes, Reverend. Okay, what news from Tinseltown do you have for us this week? I'll give you a few interesting tidbits here, all right, and I promise to stop saying Tinseltown. Okay, sounds okay. good. Um, Mike Judge, who. You should all know and love who created Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill and um, directed the movie Office Space. Hilarious. Which is which is a cult favorite. It's very, I think it's very funny. Um, a lot of other people think it's very funny. Made no money. Yeah. Total bomb. <laughs> okay. He's finally making another movie. Um, this one's called 3001. Sounds very similar to Futurama, actually. It's... Uh, Luke Wilson gets frozen, and then he wakes up in the year 3001, and uh, it turns out he's the smartest man alive, because the society just became really dumb, <laughs> so he, he like rules the earth. Uh, just the concept itself is sounds really funny, so looking forward to that. That's going into produ- production right now. That's um, excellent. I'm glad to hear Mike Judge finally going to be able to work on something. Yeah. Uh, after all these years. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four movie. All right. We've got to talk about comic stuff. Uh, well, I'm a comic nerds. book nerd. Yeah. You're a comic book nerd. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, is the director going to be Steven Soderbergh no. or Sean Astin? Uh, no, they didn't go with either of them. It's Tim Story who did the movie Barbershop and is doing the upcoming remake of Taxi uh, with Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon. Okay, not necessarily who I would have picked, but right. okay. Um, I've got Steven Soderbergh, Academy Award-winning director, right? Uh, who's worked kind of with a sci-fi thing before, Solaris, not right. very popular, right, but right. Yeah, he's worked there. Or, you know, Sean Astin. Uh, he was at least uh, part of a giant... Yeah, he, he's a hobbit. He's He's been around people who work in makeup effects. No... Go with the guy who's worked with uh, Ice Cube. Right. Okay. <laughs> I will say, I mean, definitely, you see Barbershop, you don't think Fantastic Four. No, but, I don't. But I will say, I personally like that movie, and he did a good job like with the characters, and that is a very important part of Fantastic Four, is like how these characters are like a family, and they all work together. So, 
Maybe. Maybe? You never know. Okay. Um, Who would you pick as uh, Mr. Fantastic? I don't know. George Clooney jumps to mind. There's there's rumors about Tim Robbins as Doctor Doom, which is wrong. Uh, I think Confusing. that's I think that's dumb. I think Tim yeah. Robbins would be a good Mister Fantastic. I, I, I was as soon as yeah. you said Tim Robbins, I think oh, good Mister Fantastic. Yeah. But Doctor Doom, no, Doctor Doom needs to be more imposing. Yes, I don't want him to be like. Tim Robbins from Arlington Road. <laughs> He's just not scary. Hey, what's wrong I'm with sorry. that? Oh, wait, that movie sucked. Never mind. Um, okay. Why are you looking at me like I'm a supervillain? <laughs> what? A uh, yes. couple other little things going into production. Uh, George Romero is working on a new movie. Uh, this one's called Diamond Dead, which is a rock opera uh, horror film starring David Bowie, uh, which it was. he was trying to get financed, and finally... Uh, Really, Scott, uh, Scott Free Productions uh, decided to to co-finance it. Interesting. So that's a happen- zombie rock opera. Uh, I don't know if it's zombie, but it's horror rock opera. A horror rock opera. Yeah. Okay. So uh, well, if I'm of a, yeah, Rocky if I'm, Horror Picture Show. Yeah, if I'm gonna do a rock opera and it's gonna be horror, right? David Bowie's a good choice. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so you know, could be great, could be horrible. I do love George Romero. So right. when was the last time George Romero actually directed a film? He did a movie called Bruiser, uh, which basically ended up straight to video in like 2000, something like that. Okay. It was it was okay. Fairly recent. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, troubled production of Che, the Che Guevara story uh, that Terrence Malick dropped out of, uh, Steven Soderbergh picked that up. So and he's going to he's going to be directing that hopefully with the same cast. Benicio's still on. Um, Benicio helped write the story. Right. Wrote the screenplay for it and he's going to be playing Che. Okay, yeah. So I yeah. believe he's still on. So and there's also uh, a number of other actors who were already cast. They're trying to talk to them to see if they'll stay on for the Soderbergh version. Um and uh just a little Tarantino's doing a little talk. This is the last because Quentin Tarantino is insane, Quentin and there's nothing insane. but talk. Exactly. He's, Talks a mile a minute. No yeah. one can understand him. He's saying he definitely wants to do an animated Kill Bill uh, prequel, I believe. It's just kind of like about the, the deadly Viper assassin squad, mm-hmm. um, and in the style of the animated part of Kill Bill Volume 1. Which was tight. Yeah. Which was quite excellent. And... Uh, He's also been talking with uh, Pierce Brosnan about doing an adaptation of the the James Bond novel Casino Royale, as basically as a, like a lower budgeted James Bond movie, more serious, more in the tone of like the original novels. And um, he says, you know, he's doubtful if he can get the the producers to agree to that. But the Bond production's going through a lot of problems lately. Like, there's they're deciding whether they want to. You know, have like a younger actor, whether they want to Americanize it, like all this crazy stuff. So mm. you never know; it could happen. And whether or not the franchise has been Americanized, <laughs> I, thought, I, th- I thought that happened a well, long time ago. Well, yeah, but literally, like an American, an American, like, produ- said uh, American James Bond, no longer MI six. I, not to interrupt, I actually heard about Tarantino wanting to do a James Bond movie yesterday, and the more I th- I've been thinking about it ever since then, but the more I do, it sounds really silly, <laughs> but. The more I think about it, it could be really cool, I think. The way Tarantino would direct something like that in the old, I mean, old school James Bond, the kind that they made back in the 60s that were more faithful to the books and a much more harsh character, that kind of thing. I think we can all agree we would rather see the next Bond be more of a, I guess, Goldfinger, Dr. No, uh, from Russia with Love, James Bond, than another 
die another day. Right. I <laughs> yeah. mean, let's face it. And that's what that's what the production company, I think it's Eon Production, mm-hmm. is currently uh, holds the rights to the Bond movies. They can't decide whether they want to go to more character-driven, you know, uh, realistic, I guess they use that term in quotes, Bond, or go for more flashy gadgets and uh, computer animated effects. Uh, I would hope they go for the former, yeah. but my gut says they're going for the latter. It's Yeah, I would say that. It's tough to say, though, because I think that um, while Die Another Day did make money, I think there was some kind of disappointment in the movie itself, just like... People didn't really love it that much. No, it's just it's, a forgetful. It's bond. stupid. Um, but the, and and a number of really good directors have wanted to do Bond movies over the years. Uh, most notably, Martin Scorsese. You know, but yeah. but he wants control of the movie, and they're not going to let no. somebody come in just do it however they want to do it. So that's the big problem. You know, so. Well. I think with the last one, they thought they had you know a good director, Lee Tamahori, in. They thought, oh, they have a great script, and I I would say one of the best Bonds in the history of Bond. I love, I think Pierce Brosnan makes a very good Bond. Yeah, I like him. But unfortunately, he's had some of the worst scripts and some of the worst <laughs> movies to work yeah. with. I think he's a great Bond. He's one of my. He's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. But these are probably some of the worst Bond movies. So yeah. I think they're just going to keep going down the same road until they eventually really bomb and they have to start from scratch. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thankful they're not doing the uh, the Halle Berry spinoff movie. Ooh, jinx! Uh, well, <laughs> the, the sad thing is the jinx. No, the good thing is there's a good and bad side of this. The good thing, Jinx. You know, Halle Berry's character in Die Another Day is horrible. She's not an action superstar. The Jinx character sucked. Was one of the worst parts about that film. Really bad. The good thing is no Jinx movie. Bad thing is somehow someone thought, "Ooh, we need to strike while the iron's hot." They're not doing that Jinx movie. Catwoman. Uh, this summer, we're going to get one of the worst movies of all time. It will be Halle Berry as Catwoman. Not even Catwoman of, Catwoman of the Batman lore, but of some slightly similar offshoot, but right. still Catwoman. At the uh, at the same time, you can't really blame uh, the Bricolia State and the people who control the Bond franchise for wanting to change it too much because uh, the Bond franchise is really all that United Artists has going for it yeah. right now. They have nothing else really. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, without without Bond, they would be gone. They would have been gone a long time ago. I think the only yeah. other hits they had are like Thomas Crown Affair, which is basically a Bond movie. Which is basically about, yeah. which I have to say is the best Bond movie in of the last you know fifteen years. Right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, not a Bond film. Yeah. I All like right. Taylor of Panama. Taylor of Panama. Another another good Bond another, movie. Another good Bond movie. <laughs> uh, name anything Pierce Brosnan's done other than this uh, legal. Love Affair, yeah, romance yeah. film with Julianne Moore. It's a Bond film. I thought Taylor pa- Taylor Panama was actually a really good film and a little more of what Bond would be like. Right, yeah. And Brosnan really played up his fame as a grimy, greasy uh, secret agent. Great stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. Those are the two best Bond movies, and they're not even <laughs> Bond movies. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact. If you've heard any interesting news coming out of Hollywood, give us a call, 432 432- Three eighty nine three. Once again, four three two three eight nine three. We're going to get some reviews in just a little bit. We still have more of Reverend's news. You'll see the Impact Movie Chat. Any other interesting bits from the uh, Reverend? Since I put you on the spot, yeah, proclaiming you have N- more. Not really, but um, well, yeah. I was going to say to interject something. Okay. Have you heard about uh, all the brouhaha, brouhaha with director Robert Rodriguez? Uh, yes. About- Love him or hate him. He did the uh, the Mariachi Desperado trilogy. He did the Spy Kids trilogy. Uh, he's done other things. Faculty sucks. And uh, from Dustle Dawn. He is currently working on a Sin City adaptation. As comic book nerds, we love Sin City. Uh, written and drawn by Frank Miller. But basically, he wants to co-direct it with Miller. And it's led to his leaving the Director's Guild of America. Yes. Which, uh... 
which is interesting. I mean, that in itself is not a huge problem, but his, he's done it before. He's yeah. left the guild before and then come back. Yeah, his next movie is uh, Princess of Mars adaptation um, of the uh, what's it? Robert E. Howard, I believe, wrote the the, the novels um, and. Uh, Paramount, I think it's for Paramount, and they mm-hmm. they have a rule. It's like they can't have a director do any movies that's not part of the director. Every guild. every film done by them has to be a director's guild, a member. Right, and Rodriguez, uh, I guess, is showing some hesitation for rejoining again right away. Yeah. So there's some debates going on about that. Will he actually end up doing it? Yeah. So yeah. Well, the Sin City Project looks interesting. Uh, even Rodriguez has asked Quentin Tarantino to direct. A portion of it, yeah. direct a segment of it. Uh, hopefully, it'll be it'll turn out better than Four Rooms. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a, like the cast to it is amazing. Is, yeah, uh, for what we've heard, I've heard about Leonardo DiCaprio, Elijah Wood, Johnny Depp, yep. uh, Josh Hartnett. I think not just like people up for like a role yeah. in the rumor mill, but people who are all locked in together. Heck, Christopher Walken and Mickey Rourke done. I'm there already. Yeah, <laughs> so it should be an interesting project. Well, we'll be following that one over the next couple months. See yeah. where that goes. All right. Any other news, Reverend? Uh, not really. Okay, that's not <laughs> bad. That's the Reverend's yeah. news for this week. Uh, I, try, I try to keep it short and sweet. It's it's hey, delicious once yeah. again. Good stuff. Uh, you listen to the Impact Movie Chat as we said here on eighty nine FM, the Impact East Lansing's only alternative MSU student radio. Uh, phone lines are always open four three two three eighty nine three. Once again four three two three eighty nine three. If there's anything you want to talk about, give us a call at that number. I want to remind you, we have our own message board. Uh, it's on the Impact website. If you go to impact89fm.org, look up the Impact Movie Chat message board. Always something great going on at that message board. And there's all the other message boards for all the other wonderful exposure and specialty shows here on East Lansing's only alternative, 89FM, the Impact. All right, it's time to move into reviews. It's where we uh, kick out the jams and let you know how we felt about some of the pictures we've seen in the last week. Uh, last week's show, we reviewed The Lady Killers, the uh, Coen Brothers remake of the British classic. Um, and I was quite upset on last week's show that our own Alex Dowd did not get out, get the lead out and see it. And I promised you this that this week we would have a review on The Lady Killers um, from Alex Dowd. I'm here to deliver on that promise. You better be. <laughs> Yeah. So so you saw the Lady Killers. I did. Once again, recap your uh, how you feel about the Coen Brothers. Okay, well, I, I feel like I For people get, who missed it last week. For people who missed it last week, yeah. Um, I do feel like there's a, a slight misconception going around that I seem to sort of get the reputation as being this Coen hater. You hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Which, That's like, what I know. You hate movie them. Movie circles gets me ostracized. You know, people, yeah, nobody likes people you. People walk over to the other side of the room, they're like, you don't like the Coen Brothers? Loser. You know? Okay. Um, but to be honest, I do like them. Like, I think Andy oh. last week said that he he was about 75% on them. I'd say I'm about 60%. Like, there, some of their stuff I love. Doesn't uh, sound like someone who loves the Coen Brothers to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love Fargo. I like Barton Fink a lot. Um, I like Lebowski. Um, it's just a lot of their stuff doesn't work for me. All right, that's fine. And so this, I'm a huge fan. Some of their stuff doesn't work for me. Okay. That's all right. I guess probably more of it doesn't work for me. I guess well, that's it's why I get it It's all right. right okay. Jerk, right? Of course. <laughs> so, um, so the Lady Killers is out. Lady Killers. Are you excited? Uh, well, yeah, I, I decided. Yeah, I'd see it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, no, I was like, I, I could try to go in with an open mind. Wasn't too keen on the preview, but you know, I, I've sort of come to the conclusion over the years that you can't really judge a movie by its trailer. Can't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, have you seen the original Lady Killers? No, I haven't. Okay, so you're going blank slate, just like blank I did. slate. Yeah. Okay. And how did you feel about the film? 
I didn't care for it at all. All right. This this would probably fall at the very bottom of my Coen Brothers list wow. if I were to make a list and rank them. Um, Which we will make you do after the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, look on the message board. I'm actually going to make Alex rank, rank all of the Coen Brothers movies. It will be on... Probably by Monday. Okay. You know it. So look at that. Message board. <laughs> Impact89fm.org. Go there. Do it. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, so this, bottom of the barrel. Yeah. This basically... Low end of the totem pole. Yeah. Okay. This basically personifies everything I don't like about the Coen brothers. All the problems I have with them in other films. Um, I think all the characters are just gross caricatures, which exist completely one-dimensionally. Every last one of them, I think, is d- does not get out of a one-dimensional mold. They're all, like, I think the Coens go for cheap jokes, a lot of it. Um, in the past, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll occasionally do some slapstick, but this is all, I think, really bad slapstick. And um, it meanders, and uh, I, I, I did kind of like Tom Hanks for a while. I thought uh, I think he can be very funny, and we tend to forget that, I think, because almost everything he does these days is pretty serious. Let's remember volunteers. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was fun for a little while to see him kind of dig into this this comedic role, and you could tell he was having a blast doing it. Um, some of his dialogue is funny, but even that got old after a while, and it takes a turn for the dark towards the end, but that, to me, felt lazy, and I don't know. I, I, I can't think of much to say that I liked about this movie. I, For the most part, I agree with you completely. Uh, this is one of the... Uh, if I had to rank them, which maybe I will, I never know. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the lower end ones for me. Yeah. I enjoyed the Hanks character for a while, but not long, not enough to pull me through this whole film. Yeah, uh, the humor is not very fun. The music's great, of course. T Bone Burnett, yeah. you gotta love it. That is, but worth there's knowing. not enough in this film. The comedy itself doesn't really work out. Too no. much, I'm not. They don't do slapstick very well. I don't think so. No, um, and I didn't like the ending. They didn't pull no, the ending off well enough. I don't enough think for me. so. All right. Um, I also, like, as good as the music was, I don't think they worked it in very well either. Like, Oh Brother, a movie I don't love, but I, I enjoy, I guess. Um, they worked the music in that really well, I think. And this, th- there's like a scene, for example, in a gospel church, where the movie grinds to like, I would say, a five minute halt for this this musical number. And I don't think it does anything for the plot, the story, it's just like... Hey, here's a musical number. Great music. It does. Yeah. Like, it does that twice, actually. Yeah, yeah. It does it twice. Just... You think? And I, I enjoyed the the movie, but I enjoyed the music in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those sequences, movie comes to a halt. Yeah, you just okay. Well, now it's time for a gospel music video. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did say last week that the movie is very digressive in that way. So all right, and Nat, it's boring too, and I agree. Boring. Yeah. Yes, Natalie, our uh, engineer, has something to say. Nat, how you doing? Hi, I'm just bringing the female voice That's onto good. the airwaves That's, We need here, more of that, ladies. Give us a call, 432 Well, I read a review. I believe it was by Terry Lawson, and he made a good point. Um, he said that Cruel Intentions... Wait, no, not Cruel Intentions. Double Cruelty. Right, that one. <laughs> and, um, and Lady Killers, both are movies that the Coen brothers wrote and were originally planning to just sell and give the rights to someone else and someone else would direct it and everything. And then, but the rest of the movies are like their babies. It's like they write them, they produce them, they do everything. But these movies, they were originally just going to, going to freelance the, the script. So he said that he said that, you know, maybe in those movies you can kind of tell that they didn't maybe put their heart and soul into them. I think From the get-go. I think it's evident in that. I, yeah, I that's totally how I agree. felt when 
I didn't know necessarily about this one, but I knew about Intolerable Cruelty. That was a script they wrote, planned to sell around town, a little extra cash in their pocket, cha-ching, cha-ching. And then eventually it worked its way back to them. Yeah, I, I felt like this movie and Intolerable had no heart and soul. Yeah. Coen Brothers style, at least. Yeah. Reverend, you had something to say. Yeah. Well... I like the movie. I'll show. I'll throw that out again. But I would disagree with something that was said. Um, I have to. I have to say something about this. Coen Brothers are bad at slapstick. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, Raising Arizona has got a lot of slapstick in it. And I think that movie's hilarious. I mean, they have a lot of slapstick in their movies. And I mean, well, Big Lebowski has some, and Hustler Proxy has a lot. Okay, maybe I'll, that I'll give you that. But this one, I, I maybe we were a little too quick to okay. jump the gun. But in this one, I didn't think the slapstick worked. Okay, and I don't but, think it's but I, strong. now that I'm now that I think about it, yes, a lot of their bread and butter. I understand. Yeah. Okay, hey, I'm with you. Okay, not fighting against you. <laughs> okay. Phil, Phil says this all the time. Slapstick, you know, slapstick may not be just anybody's bag. Right. I'll go on record saying that Raising Arizona is my least favorite Coen Brothers movie. Ooh. Ouch, because so, that would be more the top, like near the top of my list. So that might be. I, I like there you go. So, you know, hey, different strokes for different folks. Exactly. exactly. That's what this show's about. Like the song says. <laughs> Bringing people together. Okay. Uh, once again, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here at 89 FM, the Impact Student Run Radio MSU style. Phone lines are always open 432-3893. If you saw the Lady Killers, loved it, hated it, let us know. 432-3893. Phone lines are always open. Ladies. Give us a call. I will. I will say one other thing. Um, I'm really glad. I mean, maybe this isn't the, the best movie for it, but I'm glad. I always love it when Tom Hanks does comedy because I think he's really funny. And I used to <laughs> yeah. love him like back in the '80s when he was doing Dragnet and Bosom Buddies. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I I, Bosom Buddies. I love that show. Yeah. I, to watch it today is a little offensive, but fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. fun, great show in the '80s. Uh, big hilarious movie. But for the most part. You win your Oscars. Yeah. You gotta go legit. Yeah. <laughs> once you can't go back. I mean, once he did Philadelphia, it was all like straight dramas from no, there. No, no going like, back. Oh. No going back. <laughs> he's done, you know, Nora Ephron's romantic comedies, but he's right. not but, very funny. But, in that's not well, real but, comedy, but those though. movies are funny, so that's yeah, not yeah, worth yeah. yeah. So those aren't comedies. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Once again, phone lines are open. Four three two three eighty nine three. Give us a call. Uh, we only saw one movie over the weekend. Because we only had time or money or for some various reasons, we decided only to see one movie. But thankfully, it was Hellboy. We talked about it last week. Directed by Guillermo del Toro. He's done uh, uh, Kronos Mimic, Blade 2. Uh, he also did one of my favorites, uh, The Devil's Backbone. Um, and it's bringing you Ron Perlman from the comic book adaptation of the same name. Uh, Ron Perlman, uh, Samuel Blair, John Hurt. Uh, you can also catch the voice. Of David Hyde Pierce in this film, thought that's uh, who it was. Yes, it was. Okay, uh, which I wasn't a big fan when they picked him because it seemed a little too obvious. Well, that's just what I'm saying. <laughs> um, basically, uh, Demon Child comes out of hell uh, and uh, he fights uh, dark forces and evil for us, the good guys, the USA. Number one, we're number one. Okay, um, let's start it around. I'll start it off. Okay, I really enjoyed the movie. Fun time, action adventure, fun. Uh, I'm a huge comic book fan, so I'll put that out right there. Uh, and this is one of my favorite comics: the art, the story, the feel. It's one of my favorite uh, items on the comic book racks right now. I'm enjoying it every time. Really enjoyed the movie as a fanboy, uh, and then just looking at it as a film, enjoyed it. A lot of fun, uh, funny, cute. Um, it's it's just got a lot of great action and adventure. I was really happy with the makeup effects, some of the visual effects, the computer animated stuff. Not super psyched about, but for the most part, I thought it was a 
a very fun uh, two hours. So I'm throwing that out there. Uh, let's start off with the keister. Andy. All right. How did you feel about Hellboy? I uh, I loved Hellboy. Actually. Loved Hellboy. Yeah. I thought, was, I thought it was not just good. I thought it was great. That's like a commitment right there. And, um, yeah, I, I did come into this as a fan of Guillermo del Toro. I do like his movies very much. As you uh, said. As I said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the way it's the way it's photographed. Uh, if I had to compare it to any other movie, I would compare it to uh, Dick Tracy. Nice. <laughs> in that it's just it's not just based on a comic book, but it looks and feels like a comic book come to life. And I just thought it was great. You don't see that very often. Um, and uh, Del Toro said that Hellboy was uh, a dream project of his for many years, and he spent all this time trying to get it off the ground. And if he would ever have the chance to direct it, and it really shows, I think. Um, it's, he was very, you can tell he's very passionate in his, in its making, and yeah, it's uh, there's a num- there's a number of different things uh, I could I could go on and on about it. I mean, it's a comic book movie, and it's also it has all the things that you'd come to expect from a Guillermo del Toro movie. A lot of his movies share this sort of a, for lack of a better word, like a, a Catholic sensibility. I guess they have this emphasis on objects, on supernatural objects. Not to say that. Catholicism is supernatural, but there's an emphasis on obje- on on uh, objects, on symbolism, and there's a lot of alchemy in a lot of his movies, and and there's a lot of that here, which which I enjoyed. I thought that was really cool. Uh, the only, I guess, my only qualm about it is that it's rated PG-13, and this is, it might sound strange, but my only complaint about it is that it could have been a little bit more violent and more bloody, <laughs> and that's. And that's yeah, basically because I mean, but I have to. I, before I have to cut you off, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I thought this was the most violent PG-13, PG-13 film of all time. Okay, I've never seen a PG-13 film this violent and this raw. Not a lot of blood, mm-hmm. but definitely a lot of action, a lot of butt kicking, a lot of violence. Yeah, right. some blood. So some blood, but minimal yeah. Uh, language. Right. Yeah, I like strong language. I use it in my you know, <laughs> uh, daily patois. But I'm just gonna say. It, it's I I, it I can see. It. I would have liked it more if it had been R. I agree with you. Right. I mean, as I cut you off. If, I sorry. mean, I and again, that's I'm basing that on other Del Toro movies that I've seen, which are can can become pretty gory and violent at times. And uh, there was a, there's a couple of scenes, maybe two or three scenes, of violence in the movie where you can tell that he's kind of holding back to get that PG-13 rating. If that makes any sense. So maybe an unrated DVD might quench my radar for that anything you know like that but uh yeah but again it's not my movie i think i and i think for that it's um i for one would not take anyone under the age of 13 to this movie right it was i thought it was pretty raw pretty violent it was raw yeah definitely the reverend says so okay but again you still, know i mean <laughs> i still that's i mean that's a minor yeah that's a minor thing i, I absolutely loved it i thought yeah. it's it's just vivid and it looks great uh it's exciting uh, the score, the photography, everything about it. I mean, if it, I was telling Phil a couple of days ago, if if the if it were as violent as Blade Two, I would say it would I, would. I would probably already call it one of the best movies of the year. Nice. So, wow, that's big props from uh from the yeah. Keister. Well done. I did enjoy it very much. All right, let's go to Alex. Okay, Alex, how did you feel about how? Uh, I thought it was a blast. Actually, I had a really good time. A with blast. This. Yeah, a blast. That's did right. you love it? Well. That's maybe too strong a okay. word, but I no, liked it a lot. It was a lot good. of fun. Um, I've never, I've never read Hellboy. Um, I used to be into comics quite a lot, so this kind of took me back a little bit. And I, I think Andy's like right on the money when he says that like this movie feels like a comic book. 
it's um, Del Toro is I think one of the best directors out there making comic book movies because he understands the tone, the pacing. He knows how to make these movies. Um, particularly, I would say the action sequences. That I feel like a lot of comic book movies, even good ones like like the X Men movies, for example, their battle scenes seem their, their battle sequences. They seem kind of earthbound, if that makes any sense. Kind of clumsy, kind of. Not like they would in a comic book. And Hellboy and Blade 2 also, Del Toro's earlier foray into the comic book subgenre. Um, both those movies have really neat battle scenes. Really neat, very, uh, they obey the laws of gravity as defined by comic books. Um, the sort of things that you would see coming right off, right out of the frames of a comic. Um, I thought this was, I, I don't know, a lot of fun. Ron Perlman was great. Um, he managed to make this character who, I mean, he's a, he's a big red demon, basically. <laughs> he managed to make you care about him. He's funny. Um, I thought I thought the action scenes were really good. The special effects look nice. Yeah, I had a blast. Excellent. Excellent. We're getting to the Reverend in a minute. This is the <laughs> one I want to know about most, because you love Hellboy <laughs> that's true. almost as much as me. Yes. Not nearly as much, because I love it more, but that's all right. <laughs> all right, but we, we, we know, I know that our engineer, Nat, was able to check it out. And Nat, how did you feel about Hellboy? Well, um, I this was actually a choice. I, I didn't want to see it. Um, I kind of went into the movie kicking and screaming. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I was just like, I, I saw the preview and I was like, this looks really dumb. Um, but I actually enjoyed it. Um, I do like I do like the X Men and um, I did like this. I liked it because. Also, it didn't take itself really seriously. Like, X-Men, sometimes it's like they're so serious and, like, you know, we're the X-Men. But this, there was humor in it. And um, and I also really liked that Hellboy was played by an actual person. You know, it's like in the movie The Hulk, like, I mean, you just don't feel it. You're not, like, you don't feel a connection with the the monster or whatever it is. You I, know? I would agree with you on that. The Reverend will disagree with you, but <laughs> all right, right all right, that's I fine, also Reverend. Wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did really like it in the fact that it was played by a person, and you know, you did feel like he was really real. Um, but also, one of my qualms was that there weren't enough bad guys. There weren't enough monsters. You really only got to see one um, ancient creature that you know he had to destroy um and i would have liked to seen more before that one came on like kind of like a warm-up monster i guess because i would have really liked to seen him you know he had all these little gadgets how to you know kill these things and i would have liked to seen the process first that wants more violence she wants more violence i do want more violence and it was good though i was i was scared sometimes you know how did you how did you feel about the romance there's a romantic element to the film how did you feel about that um, it was okay. All right. But, and, and, you know, this movie, you could bring a date. You could, you could have, this could be a date movie. It's not just like a guy like movie. It's, you know, I think girls, girls would, would like it too, but not, I would say if girls don't like X-Men, then maybe not see this, but okay. I don't know. I, I took my girlfriend to it and she liked the romance. She liked the film. She thought it was a fun time overall and she enjoyed the romantic elements to it. It was cute. It was yeah. cute what they did. It was, it was nice. They put that in there. Yeah. I liked it. And I thought it worked well. I didn't even get to that. I'll, I'll spare everybody all the puns about Selma Blair being on fire in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> she is hot. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Hey-oh. Ooh, yeah, that was good. Okay, Reverend. Yeah. You love Hellboy. Yes. You've been waiting for a Hellboy movie. For quite a while. It has come out. Yeah. And how did you feel about it? Um. Okay. Give us the good and the bad. The good and the bad. The okay. pros and cons. 
I I saw it twice. I had to see it twice. Excellent. I was I wanted to see it a second I, time. I'm, I'm planning to do it soon. The first time I was so mixed, and I'm I'm still mixed now, but overall, I did like the movie. I think I'm kind of split though. It's like I enjoyed the movie as a movie, as an adaptation. Nah, I had I had some big problems with it as an adaptation. Okay. Um, as a movie, I liked it, but I did want it to be a little better. I'll be honest. Like I did want it to be better. You know what? You know what? I I feel you completely. Yeah. I I enjoyed it as an adaptation. I had a little bit of problems with it, but yeah, I was I was expecting. I was hoping for a little bit better. It it rocked my socks off like level one. I was expecting level ten. Yeah. So um, there's yeah, a whole level oh, of rocking I, socks. Come I on. will say overall positive. Like yes. I did enjoy the movie. Um, some uh, some things like decisions that Guillermo made in adapting um, the character of John Myers who's like the audience character that the story is centered around completely pointless like yes. i thought he was he was all right in the movie but the the story's about hellboy like why not just have it be about hellboy yeah. i don't know i didn't i didn't really like him uh the whole thing about it being like a shadowy government conspiracy has been that's completely not in the comic i didn't know yeah. like he's he's like a the yeti or something i don't know what that the point of that was i didn't really like that um the Photography itself, I, I do love Guillermo uh, Navarro, but um, I didn't think he was the right choice for this movie. I thought it needed to be darker, like literally just dark. Like the part where uh, Rasputin like, comes out of the shadows and then goes back in, that should be like every scene of the movie. It's somebody walking into and out of shadows. Like, uh, like Peter Deming. Is Gordon Willis still alive? Let's get him to shoot this thing. Just like dark, like really dark. That's what hellboy is to me it's not colorful all right um, how, did, how did you feel i want to know how did you feel about perlman's ron perlman he was great uh so he, i thought he was yeah. excellent he was perfect perfect yeah. for it. uh makeup was awesome i thought abe sapien was incredible he like, his great. makeup was really amazing i wasn't too happy with the the computer animate the computer generated effects yeah at times that uh but i thought the actual uh movie makeup of of Abe and Ron Perlman was excellent. Yeah, that, and of the and of the creatures. Yeah, that to me, um, I don't know if it's just I'm not really a big action fan, but like you're talking about like the the musical parts of Lady Killers stopping the movie. It was like the action scenes in Hellboy kind of stopped the movie to me. It was it was just like it starts out, you know, Hellboy's fighting some monster. I'm like, okay, get through it and back to the plot. I like the character stuff a lot more than the action scenes. Okay. I thought they really. And and the CG. Yeah. Well, you know, to to be fair, okay, it's Blade Two is exactly the same way. I uh, mean, all all of the action scenes in Blade Two are completely gratuitous. I agree with that, and, but I I like the action scenes in Blade Two. Okay, I don't I don't, okay. I don't know why. Well, I, mean, I just thought, in my mind they're both almost almost identical. Really, I mean they're real fluid. As as Alex said, they're it's comic book violence, you right? Know? And that that is a very good point. Like this movie is Blade Two Two, like it is. It is. The, this is the sequel to Blade Two. Um, between the two, I like Blade Two better. I just think, I don't know. Something. This movie is just missing something. Like it needed to be longer or something. Like either cut some of the characters. Like does some of Blair need to be in it? Not really. I mean, I don't know. Like it was a lot of a lot of exposition for being so short of a film. Um, but uh, th- there were things I liked uh, that surprised me. Uh, Marco Beltrami, I don't know how the hell you pronounce his name, but the composer, I usually hate 
I really hate him. Uh, he d- he did the score for Scream and a lot of other movies, and I think he's. I really don't like him, but I liked his score for this movie. I thought it was the the Hellboy theme was really cool. It was kind of a combination of a detective theme and like a supernatural. Uh, I thought it was pretty tight. Music is very good. Yeah. You want to remind you, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM, The Impact. Right now, we're all reviewing Hellboy. It came out last week. The Reverend's giving his review right now. If you saw this film and you enjoyed it or hated it or you were mixed on it, give us a call, 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. Give us a call, let us know how you feel about it. Sorry to cut you off, Reverend. Oh, no, that's Want fine. to give people a chance to call Yeah, on. absolutely. Um, yeah, so I think... Uh, in some ways, as a fanboy, um, I liked it more, maybe, than people who wouldn't. And in some ways, I liked it less because I'm a fanboy. So it's kind of mixed. Okay. Over- overall, I enjoyed the movie. I just right. wanted it. It's very good. I just wanted it to be great. That's, I, that's all and, I'm saying. And you know what? I think I enjoyed it more... Just to say, I'll put it out there, I enjoyed it more. But that's a, that's pretty much how I feel. I enjoyed it a lot. I liked it that it was good, but I wish it would have been great. I would have wanted more out of it, but I still thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you guys expect uh, maybe a sequel? Would you guys hope for a sequel? Or I would like one if it's Del Toro again. Yeah, I'm down. And yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the excitement from the keister. He yeah, loves his movie uh, franchises. Um, Phil is right that there is a lot of exposition in this movie. It, it didn't necessarily bother me, particularly because I'm not really all that familiar with... Um, Hellboy and his. It's origin. a strange. Uh, let's wait. The, the, to even describe what the movie's about is a little, is a little tough. Yeah. You need a lot of exposition. Yeah, exposition ruin usually ruins a film, but this one it's necessary. It is to get to um, who is what is this character? What's his deal? Oh wait, give me a. Oh, oh, now yeah. I know. Okay, thank and you. And if we get a sequel, we can cut back on that though. Yeah, because you know the rules have been established, and we can just dive right in. And I'd see it instantly. I, right. I really like the way the origin story was written and directed myself. The yeah. way it's paced out the first oh. half of the movie. Um, Excellent. I, I mean, yeah, I just, I liked it. Maybe, I guess I, I don't know. I haven't read, I've never read Hellboy. And again, I'm just judging it purely as a, a comic book movie. But You know what? I'm, I, I know what I'm getting you for your birthday now. Ooh. You're getting a, you're getting a <laughs> special. You're getting a compendium of Hellboy. It's good stuff. <laughs> I recommend it to anyone. Uh, fan of comic books or not, it looks great. It reads great. We have Ryan on the line. Uh, Ryan from Lansing. You're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. So you saw Hellboy. Yeah, I saw it on opening day last Friday. Uh, I'm a comic book fan, but I've never read Hellboy before. It's all right. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those, I'm more of a Marvel DC guy, but I uh, I liked it. I felt like it sometimes. It was a little long. Um, I don't know. I, I agree with her with the whole... I was I wanted more villains. Like I liked seeing that villain, but after a while, I was like, okay, it'd be cool to see something else. I liked the uh, main characters. Hellboy was awesome. You like, like Ron Perlman as Hellboy? Did you think he oh, looked yeah. good? Definitely. All right. Definitely. Because like when I heard that a Hellboy movie was in development, I uh, I was like, how are they going to break into the screen? And are they going to be like real to his look? You know, or are they going to try to make him? Die him down, like oh that would never work in a movie. I was worried that I was worried that they were going to try to do CGI. I'm glad they didn't. Went flesh and blood, well plus latex and prosthetics, but that still works for me. You know, and like when you see stuff like that, gives you hope for other superhero movies. Like it, I know personally, like in the X Men movies, like there's a lot of characters I want to see, but feel like they'll put more CGI and it won't work. Or Fantastic Four, like maybe like there can be more of a 
a thing that's not all CGI now. Oh, yeah. Uh, a non-CGI thing would be great for the Fantastic Four movie. Though I think we're going to have to see a CGI uh, human torch. I don't think they're going to light someone on fire, but that's <laughs> yeah. just my belief. <laughs> hey, Ryan, if you want to sign up for that part, as guy they light on fire... Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks for giving us a call. No problem, man. Take care. All right, phone lines are open, as you can tell. 432 3893. Once again, 432 3893. Talking about Hellboy. Give us a call. You saw it, you liked it, give us a call. You saw it, you hated it. Give us a call. Reverend. Did anybody else think the uh, the Nazi girl looked like the lead singer from the Dixie Chicks? A little bit. I'm the only person who saw that? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I, uh, a little bit. Thought she was a little creepy. Who, uh, all Nazi women are named Ilsa. By Ilsa. The way. Well, uh, I was just going to say, well, she reminded me of Ilsa from Last Crusade because I kept saying and, her uh, name. Ilsa, she wolf of the SS. <laughs> yeah. uh, another cult film. Uh, but that's that's it's all an homage to the old Ilsa, she wolf of the SS. Um, I enjoyed quite a bit of the stuff that they combined, added to. Uh, in the comic books, uh, Cronin, the uh, Nazi with the mask, mm-hmm. is not a ninja. Right. But he's usually, creepy in this. And movie. usually, I would yeah. be like, "Man, why do you have to change the character?" I thought he looked really well. Good character design. He looked cool. He he fought cool. I thought he was really nice. So, um, I will say the PG thirteen once again. Definitely the most violent PG thirteen film I ever saw. It needs it just it, it, it needs to be, to be an R movie. I, I, it yeah. wanted to be an R, and you know that you can just. I agree with you. You can tell where he's holding back just a tad to keep it at PG thirteen. But I think the main reason of that is if they if they have a possible franchise on their hands, if they want to get kids in the theaters, right? It's going to be hard to do it as an R. I mean, it's already about a demon from hell who's supposed to end the world. It's kind of hard to do that as an R and be like, well, let's take a little Timmy to that fit picture. <laughs> let's go that see it for like, Easter. <laughs> that, sounds like, that, that sounds like a great movie. Yeah. And uh, interesting interesting time placement uh, coming out just a week before. So, uh, Hellboy, uh, big ups from all of us. Uh, huge thumbs ups from all of us. Um, if you enjoyed it, you hated it, give us a call. Let us know how you felt. 4323-893. Let's move right on in to reviews. Uh, previews, I'm sorry. <laughs> I One of those. Previews, it's time of the show where we preview what's coming out this week. We let you know uh, what wonderful, or in this week's case, bad films are coming out to a theater <laughs> near you. Uh, just to let you know, we kind of break those down. Um, a total of five films hitting the theaters for this big Easter weekend. Um, and I'm just going to make a bold prediction. Uh, number one movie in the box office at the end of the weekend? The Passion. Just going to guess it. Okay. <laughs> um, it's been huge for the last month and a half. Easter is upon us. I expect it to they be. They should have rushed the Passion 2 into theaters for, for Easter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should have got that underway. <laughs> I don't think that's funny, Alex. I'm sorry. No. I sorry, viewers. No, no that, I'm wrong. <laughs> Alex, I'm sorry. That is funny. Never mind. Just give me a hard time. Um, this week, uh, some excellent films, if you like bad movies. Uh, we got The Girl Next Door, <laughs> Ella Enchanted, The Whole Ten Yards, Alamo, and Johnson Family Vacation. Yes, you heard me correct. The Alamo. Disney's The Alamo. Finally going to come out. Only been waiting, you know, seven, eight months for that one. Didn't really want to see it when I first heard it was going to come out. But eventually just waiting for it to come out so I can move past and move on with my life. Let's start it off. Um, Johnson Family Vacation, PG-13, Cedric the Entertainer. Also, um, Little Bow Wow. Sorry, he likes to go by Bow Wow now. Thank you. Let's all remember that. Um, (laughs) Shannon Elizabeth, Steve Harvey, and uh, Beyonce Knowles' uh, sister is in it. She's just going to be known like that forever. I don't know what her first name is, and that's how I'm going to call her. She's Beyonce Knowles' sister. You know, she's it. It's basically um, 
vacation. Yeah, National Lampoon vacation, <laughs> yeah. uh, but for our generation. And it's out. And uh, do you guys want to check it out? Uh, no. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not high um, on the list, no. unfortunately. I, I, I'm going to pass it up. I it doesn't look kind of stupid. It doesn't look that funny. I like Cedric the Entertainer. I think his stand-up's hilarious. But uh, he's hit or miss with me on films, and I think I'm going to pass on this one. It just looks like a... Uh, uh, National Lampoon Vacation uh, retread. So I knew nothing about this until I saw a TV ad like three days ago. It looked I'm bad. Like, what is this? <laughs> like I had heard nothing about. It's this. one of these. It's it's almost like Marcy X. It's gonna sneak into they theaters. Just slip it in. Sneaks yeah. in. <laughs> hangs around for a week or Makes two. No slides on up. It's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, peace. Nice to see you. Yeah, that was it. All right, Johnson Family Vacation could be fun if you're looking for something that's wholesome for the family. Uh, a riotous laugh. This might be it, or it just might be not very good. Okay, <laughs> but it's PG-13, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the most violent PG-13 movie of all time. Uh, but if you're looking for violence, PG-13 style, how about Disney's The Alamo? Do you remember that old Alamo film with uh, John Wayne playing Davy Crockett? Well, the word on the street was that one wasn't very uh, historically accurate. So Disney said, hey, let's take it up a notch. Let's bring The Alamo into the 21st century with all the CGI we got, and let's make it a little more true to life. Let's put Dennis Quaid in it and Billy Bob Thornton. Pat, Jason Patrick sounds like a winner, right? No, this one looks like it's gonna suck. I'm sorry. It's rated PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Wow, it's a war mind. movie. Um, I don't need to see it. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna weak. tell you. I will say one thing. This movie will make fifteen million dollars this weekend. You want to know why? Only one reason. Texas still has movie theaters. I understand it's a big state. <laughs> There's like six towns in the actual state. It's a huge state, but there are movie theaters in these towns. And people from Texas love things about Texas more than anything. More than things just about America. Things about Texas. Like, people saw, people from Texas went to see Pee Wee's Big Adventure just because the Alamo was in it. Guess what? They're going to cash in and go see a movie about the Alamo. Will it be historically accurate? Eh, closer than the John Wayne film. But let's face it. Can't be that accurate. It's got Billy Bob Thornton in it. Thank you. Okay. And you know, Michigan is primarily responsible for Jeff Daniels' career. I mean, without Michigan, wouldn't have gotten that far. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like it's, you, you show love for your, for your prodigal son. He has returned. Okay, I'll see Super Sucker. Right. You know, he lives in Chelsea. <laughs> I can find his house. I'll go see his movie. You know, <laughs> what Escanaba in the Moonlight. Okay. So people in Michigan do the same thing, but people in Texas love Texas. It's a huge state. They love Chainsaw Massacres. Yeah. Oh, they they, they were, I mean, that, that film's not <laughs> even flattering to the state. But they saw it just because it had Texas in the title. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, the Alamo, it's a film that's kind of been through what we like to call developmental hell. Uh, it was originally talking about Ron Howard and Russell Crowe. Uh, that was scrapped because Ron Howard wanted a very violent, very bloody, uh, well, as violent as Ron Howard can get. It's, it's Opie Cunningham, <laughs> let's face it, okay? Uh, as violent as he can get. But this is PG thirteen violence. Um, there, was a, there, oh, there was also um, a, yeah, a lot of that was was budgetary considerations yeah. too, and partially because Russell Crowe and Ron Howard wanted too much money, but also um, John Sayles wrote the original script for it, which was very much about like the politics of the time and like the history of the area, and they just thought it was too expensive and too like it's too good, too good. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, yeah. It's like. No, no, no. It's it's got to be a one-sided black and white affair. We can't have, you know, any of this politics in it. Right. Um, the Alamo. So we're all going to pass on this one, right? Um, 
Actually, oh, oh, well, I well, uh, let me two things. Okay, okay, explain I, I, why you want to see this movie. Uh, I'm just interested in it. Okay. I've been following the development of it for a while, and um, why not? You know, the story of the Alamo itself is kind of interesting. Uh, I thought the the original John Wayne movie was pretty fun, even though it isn't historically accurate at all. Um, so you know, maybe the battles will be cool. Uh, secondly, uh, John. John Lee Hancock? Is John Lee Hancock. He yeah. directed The Rookie. Writer-director. Um, also wrote and directed The Rookie, which I enjoyed. Okay. So, so it's good to yeah. I'll let you know. I haven't seen The Rookie, so I don't care about that. Okay. And uh, <laughs> it's been... I've, I've, when it gets to a point where I'm waiting for a movie for so long, and I've heard about it, and when it eventually just finally like stumbles into town, it doesn't come in on its like, high horse like, we're here! I'm just like, eh, I no longer care. Right. So you know what? I'm going to pass... I'll go see Hellboy again. <laughs> Alex, are you going to see I, need, I think I need some closure, Brooks, to be honest. <laughs> just know? to finally like, be like... I remember... It's like I'm, a bad breakup. I'm looking just back in my life. It's December. I'm like, huh. Bunch of movies coming out. And where's I'm like, the, wait, where's the Alamo? Where's my Alamo? And then I mentioned it to people, and they're like, what's the Alamo? It, it, what I are think you, I'm crazy? going crazy for a while. It's a Twilight Zone. And then suddenly, bam, it's April. It pops up again. You know, I just have to go to this to confirm that this movie actually exists. So you're just checking it out. <laughs> yes. Like, I'll take a ticket to the Alamo. That movie does exist, right? Yeah, we got it in the theater one. Oh, okay. Score. That's right. I'll, I'm going to check that one out. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll see it, I guess. Um, I don't know. All you know, right. It doesn't look particularly good to me, but that's not stopped me before, you know? So. Okay. All right. I got, a, I got a question for the keister. Yes. Did you like the whole nine yards? The I, Matthew Perry, Bruce Willis film. Did you like the whole nine yards? I've actually not seen the whole nine yards. You haven't seen the whole nine yards? No, I haven't. Well, I know what you're going to be doing tonight. I haven't tonight. seen Scooby-Doo. You know what either. you're going to do? <laughs> you're going to rent got, Scooby-Doo. i got homework to do. <laughs> <laughs> special assignment. You're going to rent Scooby-Doo and then find out that it stinks. And just the reverend about that. <laughs> but you're going to see the whole nine yards. You know why I know why? Because you got to get ready for the whole ten yards. An extra yard. Starting tomorrow, once again, brings back the team. Uh, um, Matthew Perry. So I think it's the only film where Matthew Perry will ever be rated higher on the marquee than Bruce Willis. Um, also joining them, Amanda Pete, Natasha Henstridge, uh, Kevin Pollack. Uh, getting a little FaceTime in this film. Um, for those of you that uh, may not remember, when we last left off with our whole nine yards saga, um, Matthew Perry was married to Natasha Henstrich. She has now been kidnapped by the mob, and to get her back, Matthew Perry goes to ex-hitman Bruce Willis and his new wife, Amanda Pete. Sounds like a winner. Okay. Um, did, did Alex and Phil, did you guys enjoy the whole nine yards? Yeah, I thought no. it was funny. <laughs> uh, I'm a little between the middle of that. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was a little funny. So it was like a, it was like an HBO show that I could just watch. Well, I'll say this: like I thought it was funny. I laughed. It was extremely light, and I never thought, "Hey, let's have a sequel." So I'm well, not really looking forward to this. Okay, you so, know? No, so no one's going to see this one tomorrow. <laughs> I hated it. Hated it. <laughs> yeah, hatred is far with that. Wow, hatred is a strong, strong emotion. There, you might want to. Deal with that. Talk Tone to it down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eight. All right. I'm I'm gonna pass on. I think we all will too. But the whole ten yards. If you enjoyed the first one, pretty sure it's more of the same. Uh, but it does beg the question: Why? Yeah. Why a sequel? The Reverend is hit right on that. <laughs> Thank you, Reverend. Um, for those of you that are fans of the young adult uh, literature, Ella Enchanted comes out tomorrow. That's PG. Just a. But it might be the most. Uh, Violent PG movie of all time. We have to wait to find out. Um, it's uh, starring Anne Hathaway. Um, the author of it escapes me at the moment, but uh, I cannot remember. But uh, it's about a girl. It kind of throws all the fairy tales on its ear. It's about a girl who's blessed with the um, 
like a fairy enchantment of an obedience. She's incredibly obedient. Uh, she's blessed with that. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a curse of that. Uh, that she's super obedient, uh, but she has to try to protect her, her you know, new step family. But at the same time, uh, get her the prince to marry her. Um, as you can tell, I haven't read the book, um, <laughs> and I really don't know much about the movie. But uh, for people who have read it, who have enjoyed it, uh, I've heard good things about the book. They may enjoy this film. Uh, Anne Hathaway of The Princess Diaries, if we all can remember The Princess Diaries. Um, thank you, Gary Marshall, for bringing that to life. Um, she's the lead in this. She's Ella. Okay. Any of you guys going to see this one? I didn't think so, because none of you are 14-year-old <laughs> girls. But if you have a 14-year-old girl, if you're a parent out there, and uh, this one might be a fun time. And hopefully not too stupid for you to be able to handle. So, yeah. it's Ella Enchanted. Now, another great film, because this week's all about excellent movies coming to the theater <laughs> to you, uh, to keep you, you know, I don't know, out of synagogue or church or off your Davenport. Yes, I use the word Davenport. That means couch. Um <laughs> The next movie, great movie is The Girl Next Door. It's rated R. Finally rated R movie. So if you're looking for something harsh, this is it. Rated R. Uh, it's from the guy who directed The Animal. This one's got Eliza Cuthbert and uh, Emile Hirsch and Timothy Oliphant. Um, another, another preposterous uh, story idea. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a teenage movie in which a guy falls in love with the girl next door but find out she's a former porn star, but somehow the same age as him. Uh, and then he finds out about it along with the whole town, and then has to deal with the repercussions. It's a teen comedy. Now, two questions: Why is this movie so like wrong and upsetting? And two: Why do I want to see it for some unknown reason? <laughs> is it because of the you know? Is it because it's about that that's so wrong? Yes, that's the answer. But because it's about that is the reason that I apparently somehow cannot take my eyes off the television screen every time a commercial comes on. I'm with you, Brad. I, I don't know what uh, it is. This yeah. movie is upsetting. It's wrong. But I can't <laughs> stop myself from wanting to go see it. Well, I've, I've, some of the early reviews I've read for the movie say that they actually, I mean, for an R movie, it's not, it's obviously not for, it's a movie about young people, but not for young people. And I guess, the, I, apparently, the film handles the, the porno stuff in a tasteful way, if that's possible. So, I don't know. I mean, out of all the other movies that are coming out on Friday... <laughs> That's probably the one that I'll go see. <laughs> but it's know. honestly the only one on the list I actually would put down money for. Right. Now, I don't know if I'm actually going to see it, but maybe I will. We have uh So that's enough of that. Let's, the movie's in the theater. <laughs> They're out. Girl Next Door, Ella Enchanted, The Whole Ten Yards, The Alamo, Johnson Family Vacation. If you want to throw some money away, perfect weekend to do it. There you go. <laughs> we have uh, Logan on the line. Logan... You're on uh, the Impact Movie Chat. How are you doing? Pretty good. How about you guys? We're doing great. Thanks for hanging around. Uh, uh, no. Logan, you all right there? Yeah. Did you uh, see the movie Hellboy? Yeah. Um, I had, because I went and saw it, and I went and saw it, and I was a little disappointed, I have to say. It was a good movie, but I was a little disappointed. A little disappointed? Are you a fan of Hellboy? Have you read the comics? Um, I've read a couple. Okay. Like, three comics of them. Oh, what? Like, I'm... I'm a kind of comic book kind of person, but only three of those, or four, that I've read. And I've got to say that, like, a lot of, like, the battles, like, they were just not that great. Like, it was it was kind of like a, like, one, two, and then it was over. 
And there, there was like no substance to the uh, to the battles. I think. You know what? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone. Uh, did you think it was a little harsh? Did you at least like? Is any, did you like Ron Perlman as Hellboy? Do you think he looked? Yeah, cool? yeah. I think I think he was perfect for the role. But I mean, like it was a, it was a good movie, movie. But as an adaptation, I I don't think it was that great. All right. I well, feel that. Well, thank you for giving us a call, Logan. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. Take care. All right. Full lines are open. Short time left. Four three two three eighty nine three. Want to remind you: stick around right after us. Uh, just because our show goes off the air does not mean you should turn your radio off. It means you should turn it up. <laughs> because the basement is up next. The best in local music. I love local music. Reverend, you love local music? Sure. Of course you do. It's local music. Who doesn't love it? Up next, two hours just of local music. It will rock you out. Impact style. You're gonna want to stick around for that. I uh, I enjoyed Hellboy. It's kind of the big thing of the week. I uh, want to remind you to stick around next week. We'll be on uh, every Thursday, of course, 7 to 8, until they kick us off. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Kill Bill. We're going to preview uh, Kill Bill Volume 2, the fifth film from uh, Quentin Tarantino, or the fourth. It's really part two. It's Volume 2. Um, and we're also going to talk about the DVD comes out. Perfect timing. DVD comes out on Tuesday. Movie comes out on Friday. Tasty. Well done, Miramax. Um... Before we take, and also just various other things, we're going to make Alex on the message board. He's going to list his favorite Coen Brothers movie to his least favorite Lady Killers. Go on to the website for that. Impact89fm.org is the website. Message board is the Impact Movie Chat. Name of the show. Look that up, along with all the other wonderful message boards. Check it out over the week. Uh, so next week should be also a great week. Uh, time for a video pick of the week. We haven't done a video pick of the week in a long time. This one's kind of a strange video pick of the week. because It's not really a video pick of the week. It's well, also an escape from EL. Yeah, it's it's one and the same. This movie, this exactly. week, we, we've already come to well, it, I, uh, that this this week sucks. Yeah, that there's I, not gonna be anything good based on what's coming out Friday. Not nothing too appetizing, as it were. But I want to so, spend movie money in the theater. What am I gonna do? Well, what you can do. Tell me what I'm gonna do. You can drive to the Detroit area instead. Oh, D town because D town has some cool theaters out they there. Have I'm theaters not allowed in to D-town? tell you. They do. Okay. They well, what, what am I gonna go see there if there I decide is. to do that? They have, okay, well, they have resurrected uh, an old movie from 1965, which really isn't that old. It's called The Battle of Algiers. It's a French production from northern Africa, which is a uh, essentially a political thriller. There's not really any time to go into the plot, but it's a very influential uh, film in the way that uh, a lot of movie, modern movies are made. Uh, Costa Gavras, it's one of his favorite films. Alan J. Pakula, who made All the President's Men and The Parallax View. Uh, very influential movie and uh, studied by film enthusiasts and film students alike all over. It's uh, it's one of the essential works, as it were, I would say. So, And that's playing, I'm not allowed to tell you exactly where over the air, but it's playing in and around the Detroit area. Detroit so is a large can, city. So you have to go if look, you look it up, you can figure it out. Battle of Algiers. The Battle of Algiers. All right. It's kind of this week's... Uh, video pick of the week slash escape from EL right. recommendation. I guess that's the way to put it. Sure. You want to get out of East Lansing for a day, take a little day trip down to D Town. There's a movie there that might be good for you. Battle of Algiers. Yes. Excellent choice. Thank you, uh, Andy. You can also find that in the local area at video stores, but we would. I, I believe so. Possibly. <laughs> One would hope. You got to do some or you may Or you may need to escape from Yale just to find a VHS copy of it, <laughs> which would be interesting also. All right. That wraps it up for us. As I said, great show uh, this week. Next week, we're going to talk about Kill Bill 
Volume 2. And we're getting close to the summer. In the few, next few weeks, we will do a summer preview. You're wondering what's coming up? We'll let you know. Stay, uh, stay tuned for more information. For uh, Alex, the Reverend, Andy, and our engineer, Nat, I'm Brad Brooks. Thank you for joining us. Stick around. The Basement is up next. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.